spidey senses tingling. Really big show. Ladies and gentlemen, the host that is, I don't know, really nice and I people like him and he's, given he's a good guy and... This is the Paper Keg Show. Cut the music. Episode 231. Cut the music. This is paperkeg.com. Three dear friends get together to talk about a book they read the previous week, the previous day, the previous hour, however you want to shake it. We cut it close this week, okay? We're all cutting it close. On the edge of a knife. Christmas. Christmas season. Jonesy read it two days ago. Full disclosure. Putting it out there. <laughs> Guys talking all over my, my part of the song where I announced the book. And then I turned the volume up at that one part. And now it's all, it's all just ruined. Two brothers. Dark Horse. And then I'll turn it up because it doesn't matter because there's no like jump beat here. So... And then, we'll, and then we'll do the letters to close out the show. Fabio Moon, Gabriel Bath. This week. Now we have three living hosts. One, two of which near death. Dale looks vibrant as ever. I don't know uh, how. what's his secret. Some kind of water-based liquid powder drink that he's concocted in his basement that he was speaking about earlier. Uh, VP of merch, you know, runs our successful Patreon campaign. Dale underscore a welcome back. Thank you, Slim. It is great to be back. You know, we're here. It's the holiday season. Do be do, and uh, we're all well read for this week's book club. And you know, we're present. Uh, unlike Jonesy. I didn't have to be, like, rolled in on, like, a refrigerator dolly <laughs> like Hannibal Lecter. <laughs> like, one of his workmates, I think, rolled him into the house and set up his liquor cabinet Mac iMac for him. <laughs> I'm, I'm, a, I'm a couple steps above that. I haven't shaved either, Jonesy. That's fine. I'm feeling, uh, I feel like I kind of like the uh, the facial hair that's on my hair, my face right now. It doesn't look very good. My wife despises it. But, uh... You know what people ask me, Slim? <laughs> how to light, how to brighten up your mood? I'll tell you what I do, guys. I found myself, I find myself doing quite often, but I'm, this is the first time, paper cake exclusive. I'm revealing it on the show. Whenever your kid is whining or like he's in the bath and he's miserable for some reason, start singing the song that Charlie Bucket's mom sings during Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory. Cheer up, Charlie. To make him cry harder and to make you smile more. That's what I did tonight, and I feel great, guys. I feel wonderful. Breaking underscore A. Fatherhood tip number 383 from Dale underscore A. Cheer up, Charlie. <laughs> we have one more host. It's 10 p.m. Uh, as we record this, 10 p.m. Eastern Standard, Jonesy just fired up a monster sugar-free, so perfect timing. Jonesy loves beer. Welcome back to the show, writer, unpublished. I just uh, uh, hold on there, Nelly. As you'll recall, money is exchanged for goods and services, and money is exchanged for our Patreon. Therefore, I am published by that logic. And Dale, uh, before we get, you know, rolling into the Jonesy Troll segment of the show, uh, my wife is holding my mustache uh, hostage <laughs> to go see Star Wars tomorrow night. I'm allowed to go see it if I shave my mustache. Wow. Because she is, uh, let's say, I mean, she's spitting hot fire. Oh, Jonesy, we can call this, this off mustache. if you want. <laughs> <laughs> And then you'll tell that story in 20 years. You know, I, I had a chance to see The Force Awakens in theaters, right. <laughs> but I didn't want to shave my mustache. Right. I mean, it, let's just say I'm going to be uh, bicking this bad boy in about an hour and a half. Oh, my God. Can you even say that on air? Bicking? Sounds dirty. Bicking. 
Does it sound as dirty as that rate that disposable razor is going to be? <laughs> Can't even think. Hey, gets used once a month. It's the same razor he's had since 1999. We have a huge show. Two brothers from uh, Dark Horse Comics, Fabio Moon, Gabriel Ba. You know they might they did a little book called Day Tripper. You might have heard of. Mm-hmm. Ooh. <laughs> Well lauded, well lauded, huh. well lauded. <laughs> we have a big show, you know. Jonesy's working red acted hours. You know, it's Christmas season. It's the holidays. You know, I don't want to throw anybody off by saying Christmas. Sure. You know, you you know these scumbags at Starbucks. Taking off Merry Christmas from the cups. You seeing you seeing this stuff? These monsters, animals. What about <laughs> what about Reese's and Jonesy. their uh, trees? Their peanut butter trees. Oh my God! Yeah, as Jonesy would say off air, you know that you get these stinky libs. Yep. You know, riling up places, taking away our red cups, taking away our red cups, taking away our guns. Jonesy, Jonesy, that's what Jonesy says off air. I like Spoilers. to holster my guns in my red cups. How dare they take away both from me? I know. Sometimes I see Jonesy walking into his house and he's got his shotgun above his head just parading around his yard. Uh, I like to twirl it like it's a pistola, just around. Yeah, like you're in a football cheerleader troop and and those are the batons at halftime. Yeah, and you know, 12 gauge, 20 gauge, whatever. I just like to just fire them off right away to this guy. Full buckshot so I can do the most damage. Because that's my right as a GD American, right? Can we talk about how great that Teen Titans Go episode is, please? Jonesy, if you haven't seen this episode yet, I highly recommend. It has all the makings of our childhood in one 12-minute episode of Teen Titans Go. Is this uh, on Netflix for me to watch? It's it's actually currently it's on Comcast On Demand. I know you have that. Oh, okay. It is called, the episode title is called 40%, 40%, 20%. <laughs> and it is uh, it has all the makings of like a parody of the Transformers movie of WWF wrestling wow it's remarkable I mean what's remarkable about that episode I remember watching it with James and sitting there in awe like obviously this is gorgeous it's beautiful it's it's perfection but Teen Titans can get away with that is what's remarkable to me like they're in the pitch room and I assume someone's making this pitch, like we'll just make it, you know, twelve minute, you know, parody. They had their the song is playing in the whole episode, and that's it. We just do it, mm-hmm. and they're like, "Yeah, we can do this," and they did it, and I just couldn't believe it. It's absolutely like one of the twelve minute Adult Swim cartoons, but it's for kids. Like it has the same freedoms. Which is, it's just crazy because it's for a D, uh, the DC Warner Brothers property, but they have like the same mentality in writing it that they would an adult swim show. And the whole time I'm watching this one episode, like I, I originally discovered it because Grayson was watching it at his, in his grandmom's house next door. And, uh, I heard it from the other room and I had no idea what was happening. And then I started watching it and it's my favorite thing ever. And like, I was laughing at just the, uh, the parody parts where it turns into like, Akira anime and mm-hmm. and Grayson's like daddy what are you laughing at I just I couldn't stop laughing it was because it's like for it's for adults as well as children there's yeah there's some great episodes in there James loves it and Robin is everyone's hilarious in it yeah I mean there's yeah. so many great episodes like I remember we were in the toy store and we saw the Robin figure but it wasn't Robin it was wearing it was when he tried to infiltrate the villains and wore like the different costume to try to like learn their secrets and whenever he was like ready to reveal himself they like 
presented him with something that they do that's like really cool like oh it's 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 this is the time of day where we get our free pizza delivered he's like whoa what you guys you guys get pizza here and he's just like sitting and relaxing with him and like every time he's about to reveal himself something really cool happens and he's like all right well i'll just stick around for a little bit longer it's so so funny you think that's age appropriate for a three-year-old absolutely yeah yeah, I think there's uh fire that out. There's language, not language, but there's like they probably use the word dummy and stuff like that, which like I my butt tightens up a little bit with read around, <laughs> even with Grayson around, but <laughs> the violence isn't like is like violence really, but <laughs> just got a mental image of your cheeks just like clenching and your <laughs> like your butt through your khakis obviously shrinking oh, during a certain I, scenes. I, I I tell you, I mean I Grayson was homesick yesterday and I tried putting home alone on and like Oh the, yeah, we watched the that. first half hour of the movie, my butt I was just like, oh my God, we got to, I was like, Grayson, are you bored by this? Because we can turn it off, you know, because I was just like the language that Buzz uses to Kevin. I'm just like, man, yeah. Grayson does not listen to Buzz this. Buzz is the worst. He's yeah. just the worst kid ever. Yeah, we watched that and I don't know if James hasn't really had a situation where he uses those words against us. Oh, that's good. And he can kind of, he kind of knows that like he's witnessing something that we don't approve of because he'll like hear a word and he'll look at us and like grin <laughs> and then we'll just like shake our heads like no and then he'll just go about his business oh, man. the only thing he does recently is his new thing is like yelling at us that we're being rude <laughs> and like or we're we're being mean like today i got him the google cardboard thing from like google round of promotion where they were doing it for free mm-hmm. or they would give you the google cardboard so you put your phone in it then you load up a certain app and it's like you're in like a VR world. So when I would like change it, he would just like freak out and he's like, you're being rude. And then he'd just like <laughs> fall on the floor as if he's limbless <laughs> and lay there. Grayson and Reed have started the, uh, I'm not going to be your best friend. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to be your friend anymore. If you don't give me that, it's like <laughs> 20, 20 times an hour every day. Yeah, weren't you in charge of uh, them today, or was that yesterday? No, yeah, it was yesterday. It was just Grayson though, so he's just put the old GameCube on for him, and he's fine. So it's gonna work. <laughs> Jonesy eerily silent throughout the majority of this show. He's ready. <laughs> I, I promise, to I'm not call it quits. <laughs> I mean, that intro will go down in the annals of paper keg history. Last one of the year. Uh, I mean, might as well go out with a bang uh, or a whimper, depending on your view. Both you come off it. Right Someone's now. ready to quit this thing. <laughs> Listen, I, I mean, it sounded like that's what Dale was suggesting off air before what? the show. You know, let's hang it up, take some time off. Now, two brothers from Dark Horse. This is our book club of the week. Jonesy, can you uh, can you bring us into this world and describe what this book is? The word is Brazil. As the natives say, beautiful country. Uh, the action in this tale centers around a, a beautiful home uh, near the bay. And in the home lives a eccentric but lovable family. Zana, the matriarch. Uh, her husband, a, uh, I guess an orphan that they take in as kind of like a house girl. And... They're beautiful two twin brothers. And later on, the main character, who is a young boy, uh, coming up and kind of seeing the events of this book through his eyes. He's the narrator. And his mother is the house girl. And the journey of two brothers is, is him learning the most he can about these two eccentric uh, men as he tries to, to determine which one of them is his father. Uh, the two uh, titular brothers are Omar and Jacob. They are Jacob, Jacob, Jacob. <laughs> uh, they are... <laughs> uh, Show writer. <laughs> writer. It's uh, money has changed hands, so you can't take it back. So they're... Uh, 
So, the, so if you sell something and someone pays you, are you officially a salesman? Uh, yeah. I mean, like if you sell someone Craigslist, crack Webster's right now, and yeah, I looped you in with my sales premise, and you purchase from me. I am a salesperson. Okay, understood. Get me off all track. I was fired up. Uh, so Omar is the perpetual bachelor, uh, the wild one, the one who always resents uh, Jacob for being you know the engineer the successful one you know he moved away uh early on and became uh a financial and a success an engineer mathematician you know he was a little more awkward with people but he was much more intelligent so you know his father and zana were always like oh you need to be more like him typical brother scenario uh and they ended up having a wedge between them their entire lives uh that culminates in kind of like only how real life could tell it like um omar's trying to get his act together and he comes up with this sweetheart deal and he needs Jacob's help and but Jacob never forget all the tor you know never forgot all the torment that omar put him through so he kind of does like a big betrayal and uh you find that find out in that i can't even talk find out in that moment who the uh narrator's father really is and what that means for the entire story thus far. It kind of colors everything in a different light. It's a beautiful story. Uh, the art is monumental and may go down as the rival, nay, same level to me as Day Tripper. Whoa. Mm. Mm-hmm. I said it. Wow, Josie, great. Just hit stop. Let's hit stop. It's, it's, you can't go any further it. without probably making it sound worse, you know? Like you're you're high up now. Um, yeah, so Two Brothers was based on a novel. Like they graphicalized this novel that was uh, from a Brazilian author. It has me super interested in reading the novel now because I want to know how close the uh, their interpretation was. And admittedly, to Jonesy's point, I don't, admittedly, I don't remember what we did even last week as a book club, but I think this might be my book of the year, my book club of the year. Wow. Yes. Like I said, I don't remember what we did. Holy smokes. I don't remember what we did the other 50 weeks this year, but. Are you in a book club? We are. We are. I just, I don't, here's me trying to get into the weeds of such a beautiful book. You know? Uh, biggest, one of the biggest, uh, oh, also, uh, Matt H.H., official show intern, uh, was canoodling with official show, sponsor, show sponsor, comic book shop in Wilmington, Delaware, to each get us a copy of the hardcover. So, Matt H.H., thank you so much for gifting this to us. Uh, believe me, we didn't feel any pressure to do this as a book club because of it. But we did it anyway. And it was amazing. We're not spiteful. I mean, we are, but... Eh. Um, <laughs> so, this... I'm going to try to recount my feelings. And the, one, of the, one of the big problems with a hardcover is you can't just screenshot every page to help remind you of what you're reading when you're going through the, the show like we are now. Um, a few standouts was the chapter that focused on Halim, which is the father. I think it was chapter two. And it just explored so many feelings that a parent may have. And it focused on him, like, wooing his wife-to-be and how everything was just amazing and how he didn't really want kids, but she wanted three kids after her father passed. She felt like this emptiness, and it was it was it was, it was like so real because he didn't want them. But every time he would kind of like start thinking about that, she would like wind up basically laying as man and wife with him, 
seducing on the hammock. Exactly, seducing him to to like drive hammock seduction. The volume two <laughs> to like I mean to get her ultimate end goal, which he, I couldn't believe that they hadn't had kids way sooner. I mean, because their chapter, man, of the the two brothers' parents, their their backstory, they had sex like every other panel. I mean, how does that baby not form? Yeah, I mean, honestly, by it, that point in nineteen forties. <laughs> Come on, they like sheepskin was I mean, there, the best. There's no doing. birth control happening absolutely, back there. Absolutely not. Not in Brazil. Back there. I don't know why I said back there. Back I meant there. back then, back not there. down there. <laughs> um, but it was just like I don't know where to start and where to get into it at. But like the first half of the book was just so real it felt real because you have these twin boys who like they had their they have their tussle when they're 13 right and omar scars Jakob with the bottle over it's over a girl but then to kind of like resolve things they send Jakob to lebanon by himself for five years to live for five years with family members yeah that's kind of essy that and they expect him to come back like a better man who's ready to, you know, to accept his family again and stuff. But he's in Lebanon from like the years 13 to 18. Like, that's when you do your most growing up. And and not only that, like, he didn't, do, he got scarred. He was the victim. And, and they treat Omar like an only child. Yeah. I mean, they spoil him rotten. And, and it's, and it's all the, the mother zana's like doing like she claims omar to be her little monkey her little hairy monkey and like Jakob is just like it's it's so cool it's so crazy to see in hindsight and like the father's point of view how he sees like what he kind of did wrong for Jakob, thinking that he wanted to send both brothers to lebanon and kind of like instill in them a sense of family and a sense of uh like uh you know to give them a sense of stability or like structure but they just sent Jakob away for five years from the years 13 to 18 like you he's going to come back from that embittered he is not going to think of his family the same way because they did this to him they sent him away but you know they if you think about it Sending him away was the best thing they ever did for him because it yeah. taught him self-reliance. I mean, if you look at what the household produced, uh, you know, and I'm going to spoil the ending. So, you know, please, if you don't want to be spoiled, skip ahead, you know, a minute. Uh, but this is the love that that household produced, if you think about it, was poisonous. Zana smothered Omar to the point where he never could hold a job. He was a notorious lech and drunk. Uh, so much so that he rapes and impregnates the uh, house girl, which produces the narrator. And then uh, Jacob is the only one that supported him because he you know, loved her like a sister. And whenever he, come, he came in, he would give him books and money and and take him places, and, and it produces this fantasy uh, that the boy wants Jacob to be his father, and it's so crushing when you find out that it's really Omar. And, you know, Halim is no better because when he finds uh, Omar and the girl together, he beats him half to death with a chain and chains him to a coffee table. So, like, the house is poisonous to people. But... Yeah, you know, Jacob leaves, learns to be a man, what it means to be a man to be successful, and he ends up supporting the family in the end because it, he was outside of their influence. That was that was my thought there. Thanks. No, it's good. I was I was going to uh, like I could keep going. I I just wanted to get Slim involved here because he's just, he's like supporting customers or email. I'm not. I'm, not, I'm carefully. Determining when to give my thoughts. He's carefully shooting out an email to now, comics fans. I wasn't, I wasn't even on my phone. I did, wasn't even on my phone. I did have a little bit of a thought building on what Jonesy was saying. And I, I, I believe 
that Jacob's relationship with Dominguez was more than brother-sister. I think they had a thing. Well, I also... Uh, I I know that there's a section where Dominguez mentions... I can't remember if the line was specifically, he didn't ask for forgiveness or vice versa. But the father caught them together in kind of a spooning like embrace. Like It didn't look like... Uh, you know, for lack of a better phrase, a post-rape scene. It looked like they were an item in what? on the couch, and then he came in, and he's like, what the F are you two doing? And what that's I th- when he chained him up. What I think happened was um, maybe the first time he forced himself on her, and they all kind of ignored it. And then when, you know, that was another occasion where maybe he was just at it again, and Dominguez was just felt she had no power over it so he walks in finds it he's like you already did this to her and now you're going to you know play with her emotionally that's when he lost it and beat him with the chain and uh locked him to the table like i don't think that was the same incident that produced uh the main character i'm waiting to give my opinion because my opinion's not really fully formed and i midway through it i knew that I was in a atomic robo scenario oh, where no. I was, I serious stop recording. I, I just wasn't feeling it. And obviously everyone knows my thoughts on day tripper is like one of my all time favorite books, but midway through this book, I just couldn't connect with it. I don't know if it was, you know, the rush to get this book done in time to read, oh. you know, to, to pull the fourth wall right. back a little bit, but it it was like you know i was i was i wasn't seeing what i was what i should have been seeing that's interesting cuz i th- i think the first half for me was more connective than the second half too the and i think some of the reasons that contributed to that were the time jumps where i had a really hard time figuring out when i was experiencing this scene Jacob showed up at the house and was out of and was away at his house like so often that I couldn't determine what year it was, what month it was, because the book definitely jumps through the past to the present to the future to last week to next week, like very often. And it was disorienting to me. Um, and I, I couldn't put my finger on the 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 younger son was the narrator like that was just totally lost to me and I, like as, as i'm you know as i was reading it i was like you know this is this is i should stop it was like almost to a point where like you know maybe i shouldn't even read this right now and delay the show again but i feel like this is another book that i just wasn't in the right frame of mind to read and uh so the 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 way that the storytelling happened in this book i think contributed to that as well where I didn't, I didn't get a lot of the things that were going on with the characters. Like, um, I couldn't even remember like certain characters. Like, there's an I didn't even realize that the two brothers had the sister. Like, I didn't realize that she was the sister. I thought she was just another family member because the young boy who was the Our narrator, Robbie. yeah, she he has sex with her, right? Like in the yes. attic when she's cleaning. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. when later in the story, they kind of referred to her as your sister because she's older or the boy's sister. Wouldn't that mean that that's the boy's aunt? Yeah. Just leave that out there. <laughs> just leave that out there. I mean, no, no. <laughs> just let that hang there and let the, re- the listener decide on how to handle that. Um, but I mean... Slip the look on your face when I said, yeah, might have been, I wish I could have captured that moment. Like that, that hit, and then um, the father meeting with the mother for the first time. You know, it, I guess it's a product of the time and the culture and the location because she was 15 years old when he um, first became smitten with her. And, you know, obviously that's kind of like a an eyebrow raiser, but, you know, at the time, you know, obviously things like that. But, um, so yeah, in conclusion, I, I feel like I'm, you know, I don't know if it's six months from now, a year from now, I, I'm probably going to read this again and have a totally different take. But at this moment in time, hmm. I just couldn't, couldn't connect. It's, Hey, I mean, that's, that's what this show is about, right? Feel like exploring opinions, exploring feelings. 
uh, I just f- like I don't know. It was I didn't. I think I with like, Day Tripper, uh, Matt H H is honking his horn of frustration <laughs> at you. Sorry. I think yeah. from like the halfway point of the book, I kind of expected like a, a Day Tripper, like not a not a happy ending. I think I could foresee it, but. I honestly, I never expected the turns to take. Like the brothers were just not. It's. I mean, it's a like. I just feel like the the exploration of what uh, what Moon and Bob were able to relay in their images and their storytelling, like it w- makes it just like I said, it makes me want to check out the the source material just because the. The, just the dynamic of the family is kind of screwed up to begin with, but they're, I mean, they're just people and they end up in this like fantastical situation where the, you know, the Indian guy wants to buy their, or wants to work with them to build a hotel and Omar gets involved with these not good people because of a woman. And just like, I really felt for Omar and Halim and Jacob because of the the matriarchal power that Zana had over Omar to like to such a degree that she basically slighted fully slighted Jacob because she sent Jacob to Lebanon for one thing but even when he was around like it was just all about mending fences with Omar just so Omar could have this peace of mind or something for for Zana's benefit because Omar didn't want an apology. Omar could have cared less, but just the power that she had over Omar for her, for him to like give up his party lifestyle. And she even like the, uh, the narrator admitted it like Omar valued his lackadaisical, like his ability to just be a lackadaisical drinking, whoring son that lives under his mother's roof. Then, like have freedom and live on a boat with this woman and have struggles because if he lived under his mother's roof, she would provide for him and give him money and anything she wanted and he could keep up the lifestyle of like a rich yeah. kid. It's just like the empowerment there is is crazy. And what are the, I think one of the most damning things in the book about Zana is that when, you know, she's in public with Omar and like Omar will walk out of earshot. She'll be like, oh, Jacob is, you know, a very, very successful engineer and we couldn't be more proud of him. And then as soon as, uh, you know, Omar walks back into earshot or whatever, she immediately forgets that Jacob exists and only praises Omar. And it's like, no wonder, you're, no wonder Jacob wants nothing to do with you. Because that's indicative of how many times were the three out together. Yeah. And, you know, she's just like, oh, you know, fawning over Omar. And Jacob's like, okay, I guess I'm also here. And it's all to spare Omar's feelings. And the man, he's a grown man. Mm-hmm. What are you doing? And and I felt there was another aspect that made me feel like that distance with Jacob is, is at, as we as a reader we never get to see Jacob and his wife that lives in Sao Paulo together. Like, cause Jacob only comes, it's almost like the, uh, if this were like a made for TV movie or something like the house would be the set, like the set piece. Yeah. It would be like on the soundstage and everything would happen there. And Jacob is so distant with his family that he never even brings his wife to, to see the family because he's just there. Like, as well, a plus contr- two, isn't the wife, isn't Jacob's wife the young girl yes. that he sought and started the whole thing? Yes. Too? Yeah, and he knew that his family wouldn't approve, but it's like when he's there, he's almost just like a, like a vacuum salesman or something. He just shows up and he's utilitarian. He doesn't feel when he's around his family. And, and I love when you get the perspectives of Halim, the father, and and the son. I, f- I forget the son's name, Dominguez's son. The two of them, because even at the end, it's kind of heart-wrenching because, like, by the end, he, he like, Hal- he respected Halim for, bring- for Halim bringing him into the family and treating him as, as one of their own, but he's like, 
you know, like I, I he's like he basically I'm super paraphrasing, but he's like I I'm super grateful that Jakob gave me these math books and stuff. He's like I'm not going to read them, like they're not my thing. And he, it's almost like when when the family was finally stricken and done with by the end of the book, he like didn't have any one family member that he even he could be grateful for. Like he almost was like kind of wishy-washy on Jakob's involvement in his life. Cause I guess by that time he was able to form his own stuff and see that Jakob is just as at fault in the end. Yeah. Uh, I mean, absolutely. Just, I mean, and I think is I think it was his mother, Jonesy, that said, like Jakob's even more destructive, but in a less confrontational way. I guess the 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 phrase would be. Well, I mean, Jakob really ultimately undermines any chance of success for the whole family, and like the ultimate act of, um, like. Not, I don't know if it's exactly revenge, but Betra- like where they reference his betrayal, like several times at the end when he cut that deal, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. it's more like he passively, aggressively. I guess it is revenge. I, don't, I, I mean, it is. I mean, I mean like, yeah, it, so psychologically speaking, like subconsciously, it is reven- a revenge tactic, I guess. Right. So he cuts Omar out of the deal, and I guess he justifies it like Omar screws up everything. If I w- would have left it to Omar, then it would have fall through, fell through. So I went in, and I did all the calculations, and I got the deal going. And Omar finds out, you know, he physically assaults uh, Jacob, puts him in the hospital, destroys all the work Jacob did, so the deal is done. And then it like that's the, that's the domino, but, because now the guy sues the family for the money, so they have to sell the house, they have to sell Ravi's business, and then they all kind of like as soon as the house is out of the picture, they all kind of fall apart. You know, Zana in particular. But I mean, but. From Jakob's perspective, like Omar, he let Omar stay at his house in Sao Paulo for a couple months, and like Omar steals money and like defaces the wedding photos and and stuff like that. Right. Like that's so slimy and not adult in any way. In many respects, too, Jonesy, you kind of mentioned the house. Like once the house leaves, everyone crumbles. The house might have been the main character of the whole book because of everything that happened yeah. in that house and all the characters involved in it. And Dale mentioned how if this was like a movie or a play, it would be the house would be the only set. And it's interesting that you mentioned that. It's so true because the house was so, I mean, and just for the the illustration topic, like it was so well illustrated and and just like lived in and even the mother like as soon as the house is gone god that picture of her kind of like in the bushes next to the house with her like broken arm just kind of resigned to death (laughs) right without the house but the i mean just from the art aspect like every it the whole stinking book was just absolutely gorgeous it was very i mean i immediately from the first few chapters, you picture like a Mignola-esque use of shadows uh-huh. is in that because the book's in black and white. And like, I distinctly remember Day Tripper like illustrating and making the use of uh, espresso and cigarettes as like a thing of beauty. Like I never wanted to drink more black coffee and smoke cigarettes as I did when I read Day Tripper. But this with like the cigarette use in this, like it's just so fantasized and romanticized that like every illustration of Halim smoking his hookah in the living room with the shadows and the smoke. I mean, it just looked remarkable. And and the style and the illustration style, the peoples with like their it's almost like at times they were like art deco in a way like their their arms or legs would be like perfectly half spherical or at a perfect angle it was i mean it's stunning the work is stunning i agree i concur matt i'm sorry you hated it 
I accept your apology. Thank you for being honest <laughs> and apologizing up front. Snake. <laughs> <laughs> but two brothers stay tuned you know eight months from now i'll read it again and devote a special segment to reveal my true feelings good or bad when you got one of the sweet interviews lined up whatever yeah when i have them lined up it'll be the perfect you guys hear time about to this uh two again. brothers book it's really good <laughs> but i mean i implore like I, i'm sure jonesy and i would implore you and even slim check it out it's worth it it's uh the hardcover is like twenty five bucks. The uh, the comicsology version is thirteen dollars. Come on, no reason to not check this book out. Yeah, it's it's price to move, as they say in the biz. <laughs> as a salesman myself, yeah, certified salesman. Would say. Money has changed hands. <laughs> we got your letters. I'm gonna open them up. Farrington's gonna read them to you. Letters at com. You want to shoot us a letter, we might read it on the era. Our first letter. Thoughts on the show. Hey, gents. I started listening to the show about a year ago. And I haven't looked back since. I've binged most of the back catalog. Still amazes me that people do that. But somehow missed the quote unquote death of a co-host episode. So I've had to piece together clues to what exactly this inside joke is. It's like I'm laughing along while nervously looking around embarrassed. What episode is this so I can be a true Kaganite or is it Kegger? Uh, also, my embarrassment is compounded because upon hearing that you were going to cover Nightfall, which I receive, uh, which I had receipts purchased from Comixology while it was on sale, I got three volumes for $15, a $60 value. I declared to you all on Twitter that I was finally going to participate in a book club and read it before your next episode aired. I'm proud to say that I'm just now reaching page 100. <laughs> I make Dale A look like Meteor Man because, you know, he could touch books and read them really fast or whatever. Uh, well, that's it for now. Really love the show. I think I could listen to y'all talk about anything. Uh, I find myself quoting you all the time. Slim's Welcome to the Show. Or Jonesy's Beb, for example. Uh, no one knows what I'm talking about anymore. Uh, that's at Lumberjack Nick, and he writes some post, uh, postscript. You should really finish Bone. That series is amazing. It really picks up around issue 20 after a lot of plot twists happen. I can't tell if that's a troll or not. That it picks up after issue 20. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's usually one of the lines that we get all the time. No, volume one stunk. You gotta yeah, you got to stick through volume with it. Two. No, volume two stunk. Uh, it, volume three is when it picks up. I don't think I've chuckled at a letter... Uh, uh, that much in a long time when he talks about Nightfall. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, page yeah, we had to read all nine thousand pages of it in a week and to just wait to what we have coming up next. That with <laughs> Nightfall would have been an instance where uh, Jonesy texts on the Monday night and says, uh, "We still want for Tuesday, guys." And then Matt, uh, Slim and I will confirm that, and then Jonesy will stay up until three to four a.m. reading a book, and then Slim or I postpone the show that following Tuesday. Yeah, thanks for that, guys. That <laughs> happens. Uh, that happened. Um, at Lumberjack Nick, the episode you're specifically seeking out is episode 101. That is Mark Farrington's last show. Mark Farrington was with us the first uh, technically 101 episodes, but he was more like on maybe 60 episodes of the show. You know, he was a busy single guy at the time. And. Playboy. Yeah, Playboy. He's living basket it up. weaving class and. So, Spinning. Uh, episode 101 was his final show. We did a uh, the Flash book, a Flash book. It was a DC book, and we did it for his sake. It was a great book. And it was an amazing book. Yeah. So that, that was the Mark Wade stuff. Right? Yeah, it was, that was I the think Cosmic Treadmill, wasn't it? Return of Barry Allen, I think. Oh. So good. God. Ooh. Man, those, those were the glory days, weren't they? Gosh. 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 Uh, so thanks for that letter at Lumberjack Nick. Also, check him out. I think he has another Twitter account called at Sketch Wars. 
very topical now with the uh, the new film coming out or mm. is out. Extremely topical. And uh, he, t- he sketches Star Wars characters. We're nothing if not topical on this show. Super topical. Uh, next up is one I have to read, but forgive me, I am not, you know, I'm not dropping names like this guy. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm just merely following behind at very exciting with a broom and a dustpan. Sweeping up the names he's about to drop. (laughs) Get out the geese, he says. Hey, guys. So, you know what I do for a living. I mean, mostly. I work on movies and TV shows. I worked on some cool stuff, but whatever. Took a job working on a medical show, which isn't very exciting, but it pays the bills. Anyway, I just got a call offering me to work as art department coordinator on the series Preacher, which I can't take because I'm already doing the other show. Also, I just got an email telling me that Iron Fist is looking at shooting out here. I seriously hope they don't start up that production until July, so I may be able to try and work on it. Anyway, still love the show and stuff. Thanks. At Very Exciting on the Twitter. I like how he says that the show isn't very exciting when his name, in fact, <laughs> oh, that's is true. very exciting. That's true. This is the most artfully written subtle troll that has uh, come through the pipes in quite a while. Hats off to you. That's very exciting. I wonder if they maybe very exciting could uh, just reply or something when he listens, but I don't... It seems like most of the uh, Netflix Marvel shows are actually completely filmed in New York, possibly maybe like, you know, Canada with some exterior in... uh, in New York, but uh, maybe New Mexico, like maybe there's like a, a lot, you know, a movie lot or whatever. Anyway, at very at very exciting, king of the name drops. King of the name drops. Oh, that could be a good title. Make it so. Uh, our next letter comes to us from the newest inductee into the legacy friends of the show. Uh, there is no ceremony. So, you know, just give yourself your own pat on the back uh, as I read your next letter. He, he writes, Comics on TV. Uh, hey, fellas. I just read that Essex County is being turned into a TV show. Not sure I, how I feel about that. Thoughts? This led me to wonder, if you could pick one book to turn into a TV show, what would it be? Me personally... I would love to see a Bone animated series. Bone getting some major love wow. in the letter section tonight. It's probably a sign. Or perhaps a Joss Whedon produced Runaway series. We're still flying, babe. <laughs> that was not me. That was at Top 5 Bananas who wrote the We're Still Flying, babe, but it is a killer line. <laughs> you uh, you used it well, sir. Jonesy just started twirling his mustache hairs like... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> like Snidely Whiplash. Yeah. Uh, I would... About to stop the show. Be prepared to cut the ticker tape. Uh Uh-oh. Superman's secret identity. (laughs) Okay. Did I just see your your desk topple over there, Matt? I thought you were going to say uh, that which shall not be named, but I think we removed that rule because we did it as a book club. Do you remember that bit? It was planetary. No, I can't. No, uh, yeah, there was an embargo. Why, was, why was there an embargo in Planetary? Was that before we did it as a book club? Because I suggested as a book club maybe four thousand <laughs> times. I remember editing out the word planetary in several occasions <laughs> just to troll you. And you replaced the word. You replaced it with stuff. <laughs> Jerk. Plan- I, th- I feel like planetary would make a really cool. Uh, oh, you don't just get to say planetary now. Planetary Stuff. would make a good TV show. Um, but I also remember if we can harken back to our Watchmen movie app. I, I remember saying that I thought Watchmen would make a good HBO maxi series. Yeah. yeah. I'm just saying four one hour movies, each tackling a chapter of the Superman Secret Identity saga would be I'd compelling television. One of the greatest comic books of all time. <laughs> you bottom, you, you know? bottom line. Hmm. Bottom line. This Kurt week's Busek. Busek. Audio triggers just fired off an alarm. 
Oh heck yeah! <laughs> make the uh, the best audio triggers. I don't even know. Like I don't even know. I feel like Busick has those two lamps from Batman Returns that like take the bat signal, like shine it on another lamp, and then go into the reading room away manner. Only it's just like his at Twitter name lamp. <laughs> and then he just stands up and at Kurt Busick is behind him in the shadows. God, Kurt, Busick, uh, Kurt Busick is so good, man. Autumn Lands is so good. Busick's world building. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if you just want to get into it, maybe like... See, it's tough like with anything comic because you want you want the budget to be there. So I try to like stick in something grounded in reality. You want to talk Busick, maybe Shock Rockets Crossed. would be an amazing animated, mm. something animated. Okay. You know? But I'm feeling you, babe. You know somebody in the biz. You know, you dial up at Very Exciting, get oh the wheels God. in motion. We talked to some producers. But maybe he he doesn't always think it's very exciting. Uh-huh. Maybe not those Meteor Man producers. You know, those suits that Dale had a problem with. Yeah, well, you know, suits are always the ones that step in and gosh, muff things up. They muff things up. Anyway, uh, it's appropriate that I read this next letter because it involves me. Uh, with your blessings. <laughs> Good evening, Kings of the Keg Cast. Forgive me, for it's been several fortnights since my last letter. You've covered some quality books, but none I felt strongly enough to remark about. My letter today comes with a compliment and query. Dale, I absolutely love the name Grayson. For a year now, I've been saying to the wife, if we ever have a son, we should name him Grayson. She loved the name as well. I never quite gave it a second thought since I'm clearly not fit to raise a goldfish, let alone a child. True story. I had to watch a friend's fish tank for several weeks. I forgot and was reminded one day by a wretched smell. I needed an outlet for my PlayStation and forgot to plug the aquarium back in. <laughs> Poor little guy. Which <laughs> is amazing. Uh... Well, the missus approached me recently and told me she was pregnant. What? Yes, so I was excited. I was so excited, and during our celebrations and my subtle panic attacks, it occurred to me, if it's a boy, I want to name him Grayson. I found it only fair to come to the Keg Tribunal and request your blessing on using such an amazing name since I did hear it from you first. I understand this is more of a flap letter, but it is somewhat comic book related. Please weigh in on your thoughts and wish this unfortunate bundle of soon-to-be-joy luck, for its father is a dim-witted yet happy soul who enjoys the occasional ale. <laughs> and that is from our friend's, uh, friend Scott. I f- I'm sorry, I'm blanking on his Twitter name, and he didn't include it in his letter. Uh, Irrational beers. Ira- Listen, I am so psyched for you. Welcome to Fatherhood, uh, best club uh, that you'll ever be in. And you will really need to drink much more as your journey continues. So, yeah, you're, congratulations. You're going to be looking looking forward to uh, Baltimore Comic Con that much more now. You know, as your outlet for your once a year. Um, Scott, you definitely have my blessings to use the name Grayson. Please feel free. I'm. Uh, I, I guess I'm flattered that you like the name so much that you want to name your son that. And uh, you have you Grayson Jonesy Beers. Oh, God. Would make a wonderful name. It's a beautiful name. <laughs> and many congratulations, sir. It is, uh, you know, we're fathers now, so it's something that we... Well, we haven't said that in a while. I know. It's, <laughs> man, it's been a long time. Man. Congratulations. That's amazing. Jonesy, uh, so happy for that guy. Jonesy probably trying to pull up that last letter, and he's just kind of. <laughs> no, I, ha- I have it right here. I'm just saying, uh, rational beers. If you need practice, uh, I have a colicky infant that lives in my home. <laughs> I just show up around two o'clock, uh, and you're on the two to five a.m. shift, and then just tap me awake before you leave. Just, uh, our next just letter. Don't try to feed him a PlayStation at rational. Yeah, beers. I mean, don't plug him in anywhere. Is what I'm saying. Uh, shocking no one uh, are not some mysterious benefactor uh, you know if you go into the uh, when you dial the paper keg triple eight number and it's like dial the three letters for this voicemail inbox you would get Matt double H 
And he writes, uh, at this time of year, I just wanted to write and thank you guys again for the wonderful impact you've had on my and countless other listeners' lives. Uh, you spread lots of joy, even more than Slim's favorite holiday movie, Elf. <laughs> oh boy, terrible. I was happy to get you guys this hardcover, and I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. Uh, at Matt Double H, she says, postscript, see, I'm also a font of positivity. Uh, I think that's in reaction to his, uh, his mostly negative previous letter. You know, the guy can just turn it on and off like a light switch. Not not his letter, and, but uh, his uh, was it his his Twitter his tweet his, mongery? His twit feed is just rife ah, that's it with Twitter sh- king of the Twitter yeah. shames. You know, one thing about paper keg, you will get a bunch of titles, mm-hmm. uh, monikers. <laughs> so some are positive, some are negative. You know, mine is my favorite and most used is snake. You know, not so positive, but you know it's there. Mm-hmm. And uh, thank you, of course, again for that hardcover. Uh, wonderful, wonderful book. Uh, Slim does not like it, so I will take his off his hands. Uh, what do and you I'll need two for? What if I uh, want to put my feet up and two hardcovers makes my knee feel really good, but only one your, makes it just feel okay? Or you spill your sugar-free monster. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What if I don't day suck on, it down my gullet one? fast enough? You know, Jonesy, uh, show host shamer, official show host shamer. <laughs> Jonesy, what does uh, what does Jawbone say when you key in those uh, monsters into the app? Uh, you see, I don't necessarily key those in, so sure. the coach doesn't know. Wink, wink. <laughs> Won't hurt him. The Jawbone app probably sees the uh, the elevated heart rate and is probably like, man, this guy's working out right now. Jonesy's, Jonesy's uh, tombstone epitaph. What the coach doesn't know won't hurt him. <laughs> wink, wink. Really difficult to carve a wink into a gravestone, but you know, I feel like I'll have a big enough life insurance policy where that could be paid for. And on one one of the carvings on the stone will be, of course, the side profile of the almost closed jawbone circle. <laughs> <laughs> Take us out with that. So. <laughs> Hello, well, I mean, I couldn't even nail the intro to the show, so it's fitting that the uh, the end is all screwy, too. I think I nailed my intro pretty uh, I good. I He's the host that. that's a good guy, positive thinker, visualizes success. Shut it off. Shut it all off. Siri, shut it all off. Siri Next abort. week. The uh, public release of one Baltimore Comic Con episode. Oh, it's so good! You'll public uh, release. <laughs> oh my gosh, I don't know <laughs> what I just heard. <laughs> Shut me down. Uh, Shut my mic down. Shut it down. Uh, don't. Uh, also, uh, roundtable episode will drop too next week as well. So we'll see everybody. Uh, Wait, see everybody in a few weeks, right? Yeah. No? Yeah, a few what? weeks. No, we'll talk about the book club, the next book club in the uh, Fireside. Oh, yeah, we'll talk about Fireside. Yeah, okay. All right, so, yeah. We'll save for the Fireside. Are we going to talk about the Fireside? Slim, you got a spider up in that corner there that you're keeping an eye on, or what? Yeah. How do you know? Just because I'm looking up at the corner? Yeah, you look like some of my uh, Twitch streamers that I watch, and they're, but they're <laughs> constantly viewing monitors up there somewhere, looking at follower accounts. and Right. Saying, hey, Jimbo139, thanks for joining in here. I appreciate uh, you taking the time out. Thanks for the follow. Uh, th- welcome to the family. <laughs> <laughs> yes, there is a spider in here. I'm watching him cautiously. Good luck, friend, because uh, daddy long legs. Oh, not technically a spider, but you know. Well, spider family. Arachnid? Is it an arachnid? I don't think so. F you. I'm just saying. <laughs>
Look, it's either so like gonna... agree with you or like get punched in the Twitter gut by uh, <laughs> it's Matt H H Britannica. put a period in front of my name to make sure the whole world sees that I I agreed with you and that uh, Daddy Longleg is oh, an arachnid. Oh boy. Oh god. So what's our next book club? Dale underscore A. Alright, so at, frothing right now. As you heard, may have gathered in the uh, the time Slim announced next week's show to uh, buy a morning jacket playing. We're taking a week off for Christmas. You know, we need it. Our wives need it. You know, they just can't handle spinning all these plates while we record and read. Not during Christmas week. So we're going to come back on fire. We're going to come back. We're going to shoot through the new year like a flaming jumping spider out hot out of arachnophobia uh, when Jeff Daniels lights us on fire. Uh, the first two shows of the year will be Catcher, at Dirk Feel Good, you listen to this. Peter David's X Factor run, including the Madrox miniseries. You thought there was a lot of reading for Nightfall, bro. <sighs> Can we get a page count? Can we get an updated page count on this X Factor run? Do we have that at the ready Let yet? Me look, uh, officially, we found on Amazon twelve thousand pages. On Amazon, we found that the Peter David X Factor collection is split up into two paperback volumes. So that's what we are going by. And I am looking up page counts live on the air. <laughs> you won't get this kind of live uh, Googling on other podcasts. Absolutely you not. just won't get no, it. You, I mean, sure, you can't really hear what I'm typing, but that's because I had the keyboard silent, of course. Let's see. <laughs> Chelsea's face, when that <laughs> feedback came on, was... <laughs> Unbelievable. It was like he just dropped a wad of cash into a toilet. Volume one. 400 pages long. Oh, God. What is wrong with you both? We're masochists. This is us that are most masochistic. Volume two. So, so guys. Volume two, 464 pages. Slim, I'm going to need some help. Could you just... Key in what comicsology books I need to purchase. We're going to need some kind of Word doc shared from Dale underscore A, maybe edited by Dirk Feelgood and <laughs> at Catcher. Oh my God. We're in trouble. We're in trouble, aren't we? How long was. No, uh, Nightfall, Nightfall was. Nightfall was like 900 pages. Yeah, like 640 pages, but close. <laughs> You're asking for a Twitter gut punch right now. <laughs> it's true. I am. I'm going to look up uh, live on the air. This all comes back to see to uh, Charlie and, or Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. I'm now telling the computer exactly how many pages. I'm going to look on Comixology right now to find out if these are available in volume format. That series is probably spread across eight different X-Factor runs. That has been rebooted, so it's going to be impossible for you to find it. We're toast. Awesome. <laughs> Chance he's given up. He gave up the second he had to do the show intro today. Chance's up upper lip that. is... Uh... <laughs> Sorry, that's not funny. No, it's not funny. I mean, should I just buy this off Amazon now? Look for the one that says Kindle and Comixology, and you can uh, read it in Comixology. Spoilers. Disclaimer, I work for Comixology. <laughs> My God. Hello, heart of beat. I mean, we might have to take... We might have to split up the first and second one, like maybe a month apart. We'll see. All right. Oh, thank you. Uh oh. It's all crumbling. It. It's all crumbling he apart right now. Starting to feel it. No, stop it. I will not be done. I will feel it until the oh end. My. I will not feel oh it. Oh my. I mean, have we crossed over two thousand pages yet? Is that why your butthole got so tight? <laughs>
I just, it just inverted into itself. I just listed the page. It was counts. like the house at the end of Poltergeist. Is it like in Temple of Doom where the spike door is coming down and Willie refuses to put her hand into that scorpion pit to hit the button and uh, the spike's just closing down in your fedora and she's just like, can't touch it. Is that is that the status that we're at right now? It's volume one is four hundred. The other one is I think is four sixty. That's what I just said, guys. Nobody nobody was listening to. Oh, Dale. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I'll see you. I'll, I'll see you guys later. <laughs> Have a good Christmas. <laughs>